Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary Chevalier. So have you ever thought about God creating the world in a rhythm? I mean, I'm a musician at heart, right? So I grew up in choir and marching band, you know, and I did all, all the marching stuff. Whenever I hear a song, I can't help but fall in step with the beat, okay? Even that little thing, I'm kind of going, oh, yeah. I'm feeling it. It's just, it's built into me. But maybe if you're not a musician, the whole concept of the world being in a rhythm may sound a little weird to you, right? But I want to challenge you today. God created the world with a natural rhythm to it. For instance, look at the world. It spins on its axis in a natural, regular rhythm and gives us day and night. And then the earth, on its axis spinning, travels in a regular orbit around the sun, which gives us the four seasons in a regular, predictable rhythm. The tides, the oceans, they go in and out, and then back in and out. Even in our life cycle, we can see it. We start off as a baby, we grow and mature, and then we get old. There is a natural, predictable rhythm to all of it. Your daily life is the same thing. God created a rhythm for your daily life. And when you function in that rhythm, and when you're in the pocket, as we call it, we musicians call it in the pocket. When you're in the pocket of that rhythm, you feel good. Life is going well. Things just seem to flow. And even when problems come up, you handle them. And it's okay, problems, we're all good. That, the Bible calls abundant life. You experience abundant life when you're in that rhythm. It's what John says in chapter 10, verse 10. It says this, The thief, that's meaning the evil one, the devil, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, being Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life. Jesus came to give us abundant life. Now, the first part of that verse, however, tells us that the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's here for, because he knows that when we are out of that natural rhythm that God created for us, then we become ineffective at doing what God has called us to do and gifted us to do. And so when we're out of rhythm, we're like, everything is just difficult Everything takes maximum effort. Even the simplest tasks become hard. We start to feel depressed. We start to feel anxious. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? We've all kind of been there, those times when you're just out of rhythm and everything is just a stressor. As a matter of fact, in 2016, so last year, Forbes did a survey and they put out an article and they said this, Nearly two out of three American adults report that they have an unhealthy work-life balance. Two out of three people say that their work and life is out of rhythm. That's from here to here in this room. So all the rest of you guys, y'all are good. You don't have to listen. See you later. We're going to talk over here. Okay, but seriously, 
two out of three people feel that they're out of rhythm. Their work life is out of balance. And what does that do? That causes us to be overstressed and on edge and underrested, and it leads to health conditions and anxiety, depression, isolation, and it damages relationships. It damages the relationships with the people that we love most. Your friendships suffer when you're out of rhythm. Your marriage suffers. Friendships break up. Sometimes divorce happens. Does this sound like our society at all? The evil one pushes us to be out of that natural rhythm that God's created because when he does, he knows that we just become ineffective. So for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about that natural rhythm that God has built into our world and how he's designed it. And really, it can be summed up in three words. It's your very first fill-in on your message notes today. Three words, work, relationships, and rest. Work, relationships, and rest. God designed that, and he set it up for us, and he modeled it here in the Bible. The book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter one, first chapter of the Bible, God designed it. Look what he does. Genesis 1.1, first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that's work. He created the heavens and the earth, right? We read along. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So Adam and Eve were created separate from the rest of creation. The Bible tells us that they were created in God's image. God created them for relationship, both with him and with each other. So God worked, he created relationships, and then look in Genesis 2.2. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So God worked, he enjoyed relationships, and he rested. Work, relationships, rest. That is the natural rhythm that God has set up and designed for our lives. They're all designed to work together in a natural balance. And when we live in that balance, we experience abundant life. So today, we're gonna look at the first one and we're gonna talk about work, the natural rhythm of work. And we're gonna answer the question, how can I set up a healthy work rhythm in my life? Because really, don't we all want that? I don't know anybody that says, hey, sign me up to be stressed out and overworked and to the point that I just can't get out of bed every day. I don't know anybody that wants that. We all want that natural work rhythm. So here's what we're going to do. Number one, the first thing you can do is this. Embrace God's design for me to work. Now right now, some of you jokers are thinking, what do you mean God designed me to work? What are you talking about? My theme song goes like this. I don't want to work. I just want to bang on this drum all day, right? Some of you know that song. Don't we all really? secretly wish that we would like win the lottery or some rich uncle that we never knew died and left us a bazillion dollars and we could walk up to our boss and say, take this job and shove it. I'm going to live in the Caribbean on the beach and I ain't ever working again. And I just realized Pastor Mike is in the room. <laughs> uh, seriously though, it's fun to think about not working, but really God designed us for that. He put it in us. We have an innate 
desire to work and accomplish things. And you'll hear some people say, oh, well, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to work at all. Well, no, that's not true. Because God set up a perfect world with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And according to Scripture, there was work in it. Look in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. He put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Underline that. Because sin did not enter the world until chapter 3 of Genesis. And in chapter 2, Adam had a job. And not only that, God gave him another job in verse 19. It says, he brought them, meaning the animals, uh, he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living thing, creature, that was its name. So, the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. Now, do you think God could have tended the garden and named all the animals by himself? Of course he could have. And he'd have done a better job at it, too. Because, I mean, now look, Adam, Adam started off strong, right? First thing runs in front of him, and he goes, dog. Then the next animal comes up, cat. But, you know, there's only so many three-letter words. So after a while, he kind of had to get a little creative. And he goes, all right, well, this thing eats ants. We'll call it an ant eater. Okay, that's working. But, you know, maybe he gets to the end of the day. Adam's a little tired. He's worn out. He's like, God, you created so many animals. Platypus. All kidding aside, though, God created us to work. He designed us to work. It's in us to work. And now when we think of work, most people, right, we think of paycheck, right? Work equals paycheck. But listen, if you're a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, you know that that ain't true. Because work, work is not just a paycheck. It's work taking care of young ones. When, when I had little ones and Andrea would go out of town, man, you know, Kids need to be clothed, fed, and unharmed, all right? And I'm here to tell you, that's a tough job. I was usually good for two out of the three. Sometimes I got all three, but not always. So work is not just the thing associated with the paycheck. Work is what God has put in front of you to do. And that work is a part of your rhythm. And when you work, you should be fulfilled. Now, here's the thing. Some of us get fulfillment just because of what our job is, and that's amazing. If you love what you do for a living, if you love raising children, whatever God has put in front of you, if you love it and get, you can get fulfillment from that, it's great. But that's not always the case. Some of you have a job that you just really don't like. Maybe it's hot, tedious, dirty, boring, whatever, whatever it is. You know, sometimes you just have to do what God has put in front of you to do. Here's the thing, you can still be fulfilled in your job, in your work, no matter what it is, because of this. You need to remember that whatever it is, I am working for the Lord. That's your next fill-in. I am working for the Lord. In Colossians chapter 3, Scripture says this, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Now circle, working for the Lord. 
Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. A crucial part of a healthy work rhythm is realizing and remembering that whatever you're doing, you are serving the Lord Christ. You are working for the Lord. So whether you're an accountant and you're sitting in an office crunching numbers and don't have a window and fluorescent light just beats down on you all day, work as unto the Lord. Remember, you are working and serving the one who created the number system that you're crunching. And while you're at it, be a witness and point other people to Jesus. Maybe you're at home raising children, folding laundry, doing dishes. Do it as unto the Lord. And while you're at it, be an example to those young ones and show them what it means to live a life for Jesus Christ. Show them how to handle it when they get upset and frustrated. Pour scripture into those young ones. Do it like you're doing it for the Lord, whatever it is. Whether you're grading research papers or mowing the grass, folding laundry, being a waiter, whatever you're doing, do it as unto the Lord. So I remember when I was young and God really drilled this lesson into me, I was a waiter at Pizza Hut. Now, some of you are going to remember Pizza Hut when it was a place that you actually went in and sat down at a table and a waiter actually took your order. It was not always the carryout joint that it is today. And in my hometown, Pizza Hut was a classy place. So I was a waiter there, and I remember, you know, we were doing our thing one day, and I looked over at the door, there's the double doors, and I saw this couple come in, and they just looked sour and mean. And I was like, dear God, please don't let them sit in my section. And if you're a waiter, you know that feeling, if you've ever done it. And to the rest of you, please don't be that couple. <laughs> Nobody wants to wait on you when you learn sour and mean. So, of course, they got set in my section. And honestly, I don't remember what came over me that day, but I remember thinking, you know what? I am going to give these people the best service they have ever had in their life. I'm going to win them over. And so, I did. I walk up to them, and I'm like, good evening. <clears throat> I was cracking jokes every time I came by the table. I brought them extra dipping sauce for their breadsticks. Their glasses were never more than half full, and every time they crushed out a cigarette in the ashtray, I brought them a new one. And yes, there were days when you could smoke in a restaurant. I, if I don't, you know, do say so myself, I gave them First class, stellar service. I could have been working at Taste of Texas with that service. I'm just telling you. And by the end of the meal, they were laughing. They were smiling. They were cutting jokes with me. And they left me a $50 tip on a $30 meal. I know, right? I was pumped. I'm like, I love this Jesus stuff. This is amazing. <laughs> but more than the tip... It was the fact that they walked in sour and mean, and over the course of that meal, I had been able to change their demeanor and make their evening. And God used me to do that, and he drilled into me, do everything you do as serving the Lord. And from that moment on, it's followed me in every job that I've ever had. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it for the Lord. And I, I'm here to, look, 
I never got that couple in my section again. And believe me, I looked for them. (laughs) I never got a tip that nice again. Even the next week when the whole back of the restaurant was filled with a bunch of church people who had just gotten out of church and I was the only waiter there, I served them. And you know what? They didn't tip me at all. Don't be those people either. (laughs) But I serve them as is serving the Lord. That verse, that scripture has changed the way I do everything. So what about you? Even if you're not going to get anything out of it, especially if you're not going to get anything out of it, when you look at those yucky tasks, whether it's Pouring through mountains of paperwork, doing poopy diapers, washing dishes, putting cover sheets on your TPS reports. Whatever it is that you have to do that drains you, how do you approach that? When there's no tangible benefit at all, do you put your heart and soul into it like you're working for the Lord? Second thing you can do to get a healthy work-life rhythm is this. Number two, serve others in my giftedness. Serve others in my giftedness. First Peter 4.10 says this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, underline, serve others. God gifted you to serve others. So ask yourself, how am I using the gifts God has given me to serve others? And I'm going to challenge you right now. If you can't name how you're doing it, you are missing out. God gifted you. He wants you to serve other people. Get involved doing it. Now, for some of you in this room, you may not be a Christ follower. And so that, that's a very important step for you to be able to fulfill what God has called you to do. Because, see, we all are created with a a longing in our soul for the Lord. And we don't know what that is, and that's why so many people search for it in money and position and power and sex and drugs and, and whatever people shove in their life, they're searching to have that longing fulfilled. But that longing is really for Jesus, and it's there in each one of us. And if that sounds strangely familiar to you if there's something about that that makes you go that sounds right then that's the holy spirit that is god talking you today saying stop searching and choose to follow jesus at the bottom of your message notes on the back there is a prayer that you can pray right now while i'm talking i'll just tell you there's nothing else i'm going to say for the rest of the service that's more important than that prayer You pray that prayer, and if you mean those words, Scripture tells us that you become a Christ follower at that moment. All the sin, all of the selfishness, all of that is forgiven, and you become brand new, and you now have the ability to fulfill what God has created you to do. And for those of you in this room who are Christ followers, uh, and God has brought you here to the park For a reason. How are you using your gifts to serve him? Because you're here for more than just to make sure that all the donuts get eaten. And while that's important, God has given you a gift to do something. He has uniquely created you to serve other people. Maybe you need to be the one to serve the donuts. Maybe you need to be the one to step up and greet people and welcome them and make them feel comfortable here. 
Maybe serving with children is your thing. Um, You don't have to be a Bible scholar to serve with children. Sing with them, dance, play with them. You can greet them, you can check them in, you can high-five them as they come in. You can ask them how their day was, and they're glad to tell you. Hang out with the kids. Maybe teaching's your thing, and you can teach kids or students or lead a small group. Maybe prayer's your thing. You love to pray for people and intercede for people. Maybe evangelism, you love to tell other people about Jesus and who he is. Maybe hospitality's your gift. At the, today at 12.30, we have a new member class and lunch. You can host events like that and use your hospitality gifts. It's, it's infinite what you can do with the gifts that you have to serve people. If you're not using them to serve people in the church, you're missing it. Get involved. So later on, Pastor Mike's going to come back out and he's going to give you an opportunity on your connection card to make a commitment to serve, I'm gonna challenge you. If you're not doing it, get involved serving. Because God, he gave you those gifts with a plan for you to use them. Now finally, the last thing, number three, I need to recognize when my work rhythm is out of balance. Recognize when my work rhythm is out of balance. Because it's, it's good to work and it's good to serve. But remember John 10.10 when we talked about the abundant life and the rhythm that comes with that? The evil one does everything he can to push you out of rhythm. And you need to be able to recognize when your work rhythm is out of balance. So, you'll hear a lot of people say, especially when it comes to work, well, it's my responsibility to work and I have responsibilities at work and responsibility is a big word. And I think the answer is found in the word responsibility. It is response and ability. You have to have the ability to respond. So remember those three components we talked about? Work, relationships, and rest? For your work rhythm to be in balance, you have to have the ability to respond in the other two. Let me illustrate. For instance, if you have a work schedule that is so full that it prevents you from investing regular time in your family and friends then your work rhythm is out of balance. Or if your work schedule is so driving you that you can't take a day off or you can't take vacation because you have to, have to, have to be there, if it's that demanding, your your work rhythm is out of balance. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying, all right? Nobody's life fits into a nice little predictable box, all right? Life has ebbs and flows to it. And you will have seasons of busyness or seasons of not busyness. So for instance, as a pastor, Easter is a very busy season. There's a lot of build up to it and then there's some build down, all right? Gets really busy, my family knows. My work life gets really busy around Easter and then it relaxes. The key is it relaxes down to normal. If your life always stays up here, you're out of rhythm. Some of you may be, at this point in time, maybe you're unemployed or underemployed. Maybe your health has you at a point that you can't really work to your fulfillment. And you know what? God allows seasons like that in our life too. I shared with you guys back in November, I spent the entire year of 2010 looking for a steady 
job, looking for where God really had for me to be. And I, I worked here and there along the way, but it wasn't really that job that I was looking for. Those are seasons. They come in all of our lives, in and out, ebb and flow. But the natural rhythm of being in rhythm, work, relationship, rest, that's what we're seeking. Look for that balance in your work. Is your work rhythm balanced and healthy? Do you view your work as a calling from God? Do you do everything that you do as if serving the Lord? Are, are you spending too much time at work or not enough time at work? Are your relationships affected by the amount of time you spend at work? And I'm going to challenge you, after you answer that for yourself, find a close friend who knows you really well. Find your spouse and ask them if they agree. Because sometimes we get so involved in it, we just can't see the forest for the trees. Ask someone who's really close to you, is my work rhythm in balance? And the most important question is whatever answer you get, are you willing to make the changes necessary to bring your work rhythm into balance so that you can live that full and abundant life that God promised in John 10.10? Are you willing to make the changes, whatever they are? Please bow your heads. Let me pray for you. Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for the gift of work. God, thank you that you have given us tasks to do, that you've entrusted us with tasks to do. You've entrusted us with, with children and, and jobs. And God, we just I, I thank you for the gifts that you've given us to, to allow us to do all that we do and experience that abundant life, God, that you've promised. God, forgive us, for, forgive me for the times that I've, I've gotten out of rhythm and I've allowed the evil one to, to push me and to draw me and to lure me away from the rhythm that you've designed for our lives to the, to the detriment of, of my family and my friends. Father, help us, help us to get back and to stay in that rhythm, to use our gifts to serve you, God, to honor you in everything that we do. And God, to receive the joy and fulfillment that comes when we live in that natural rhythm, that abundant life that is the balance that honors you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app, for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.